0: soko and returns terry campbell running out of room finds a seam
1: around becky my word terry campbell Hello and welcome to another edition of the CPL Newsman Show, Christian Jack. Alongside, as usual, Charlie O'Connor-Clark. On this week's show, we recap a week of all four games this past long weekend. And boy, oh boy, away wins are starting to become a real trend (laughs) in the CPL. I've got an incredible stat about that later on in the show I'll share with you. Uh, results this past long weekend where we saw 15 goals scored in four games were as follows Valor 1 Pacific 2 Matteo de Brienne's goal in the first half was cancelled out by a brace by the Golden Boot leader Alejandro Diaz's two goals in three minutes enough for the champs to win in Winnipeg Cavalry 2 FC Edmonton 0 Joe Mason and Karifa Yao both in the first half Atletico Ottawa 0 4-4 Abubakar Soko 2 from Terran Campbell and 1 from Noah Jensen with a statement victory for the lead leaders and on the uh, well on the Holiday weekend was recapped by Halifax Wanderers to York United Four. Jordan Wilson, Azazi Di Rosario, Louis-Laurie Latanzio put the team up by three goals to nil away from home, followed by goals by Eric Stantos, a second from Di Rosario and Akeem Garcia, as York United get their biggest away win of the season so far. And we have headlines. That's right, Arabin Pepples' transfer to Luton Town from the CPL. Charlie is finally official, and this is another great story for the Canadian Premier League, as a young Canadian gets a chance in a really big league, Luton Town in the Championship. Yeah. Uh, we very close to getting in the Premier League last season uh you have a terrific behind the scenes look at this transfer that's put a fantastic read on our website Campio.ca. uh your thoughts overall riding that and big move for Peppel
0: yeah it's really exciting I think maybe one of the the worst kept secrets around the CPL for a couple of weeks now but finally official and and we're happy for it to be so um I, I don't know I think in my opinion this might be the biggest uh CPL to a broad move yet you know the, mm-hmm. the championship is a massive massive level Luton Town were in the promotion playoffs just last season so they're challenging to get to the Premier League this season again um but it's it's a fascinating one yeah if it, you obviously you mentioned that piece up on the site now it kind of breaks down how these sorts of moves come about with these young players like how would a championship club even hear about Arab and Peppel? and it's kind of an interesting story about how originally there was this kind of agreement with uh with forest green and he went over there and basically what uh partly the the cpl's football development office along with cavalry fc sort of talked to a couple of different clubs in luton town sees him scoring all these goals in the cpl and and they get involved and obviously that's a much bigger move for arabim uh so it's, it's really fascinating and we're obviously really excited for for bim to go and, and kind of do it over there he's got what sounds like a long-term contract over there so that should be uh an interesting one to watch over the next next little while at this club
1: yeah long-term contracts obviously sell on fees in there as well and clauses which is good for the yeah. canadian premier league um, as we speak, Tommy Wilden Jr. currently addressing the media, not only on this transfer, but obviously ahead of their game. Tomorrow, our very own Mitchell Tinney on that press conference, and we'll join the show live later on to let us know what Tommy thoughts on, uh, Tommy's thoughts on that. And again, you can read Charlie's piece on camp.io.ca as another young Canadian player gets an outstanding move. You talk about it in the championship last season. Effectively, that makes Lutontown one of the top 26 clubs in England. And they're going out there and signing a Canadian and a young Canadian at that. Um, uh, Not loaning him out immediately, signing him in, bringing him in, making a big deal of it. And you can check Wooten Town's outstanding socials as well today to see how they're excited about that move as well. So that's a major headline in our league today. The other one, of course, is Pacific tonight. Take on FC Waterhouse of Jamaica, the second leg of CONCACAF play. You can watch that as usual Live on One Soccer, ten o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock Pacific. Um, the busiest man in Canadian soccer media, Charlie O'Connor Clark, will also be all over that game as well. Uh, we'll be covering that at the league, and, uh, and again, watch that on One Soccer later. We will preview that as Marco Bustos joins us live on the show as well to preview that game. Nil-nil from the first leg in Jamaica last week, and a big crowd expected at Starlight Stadium on the island tonight. as specific try and break ground and make history for that club by getting through to the next stage of Concacaf League and one step closer possible possibly. possibly, to next year's CONCACAF Champions League. More on Pacific later. Let's welcome in AGR. We'll go out west for our own West Coast correspondent. AGR is here, but he was east coasting it this weekend. Uh, Also, we we go for a top-of-the-table clash as Atletico came in unbeaten in five AGR. Four wins in a row. Something had to give. And in the end, it was the Hamilton side that was dominant in the capital as you covered this outstanding performance by the away team.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was uh, quite the performance by Forge. I was expecting another tight, KG affair coming in. We saw the first two, I guess, legs of, of you know, this four-game uh, season series at, at Tim Hortons Field. Ottawa managed to steal a win and then draw, not something we see often against Forge in their own building. Uh, Forge, you know, Ottawa, the only team Forge hadn't beat this season. Meanwhile, Ottawa obviously had beaten everyone at least once. You thought it was going to be another close game, knowing how Ottawa is. But for whatever reason, you know Ottawa has are prone to these these big score lines. Uh, you know, on some days of as Valor and, and Forge know, and on this day, Forge were perfect. It wasn't by any means. Their most dominant performance, say, if you look at the numbers, they only generated 1.5 expected goals. They had four shots on target, but it was just so ruthless. It felt like every time they got the ball into the box, they scored. And, and that was a tough blow for Ottawa. I mean, we have saw how well they've defended this year, how well they've been in these big games. And this was a big or a big letoff, I suppose, in the sense that they had a chance to further cement their their title credentials. And Forge just walked all over them in a game that not only set that, sets that back, a little it kind of makes Ottawa you know look at the drawing board uh, you know a little obviously they're allowed games like this so I don't think it's going to be one that they're going to be too disappointed about I think Carlos Gonzalez was quite diplomatic about it post game but it still hurts to just see Forge walk all over them the way they did but to give credit to Forge they're walking over everyone right now five games uh, w- five wins in a row that's pretty impressive yeah it absolutely
0: is uh, Alex, you said that they were kind of ruthless in this game, and I think that's a good word for it. I think this is a, a bit of a statement from Forge. You know, they see the last couple of weeks, Ottawa is is taking a lot of headlines. They're having these big results, and they'd obviously been in Hamilton and beaten them just a few weeks ago. But Forge have this in their locker, probably more than any other club in the league, that they can just go anywhere and bury a team, right? It's something that maybe is maybe something that we actually spoke about last week when they when Ottawa did this to York. Ottawa didn't have a lot of these big wins where they just put two, three, four goals on a team and and the game is really never in doubt. Forge has done that a lot of times this year, at home and away. Uh, Alex, you mentioned you mentioned the attacking depth, obviously Taryn Campbell coming into this game. What has impressed you most about you know Forge's ability to to just get at teams and attack them with kind of that killer instinct like that?
2: Yeah, well what's scary about Forge is just that anyone can step up on any given day. I mean, I've you know watched you know a lot of Forge games this year. They haven't necessarily stood out to me as much as they might have been in previous years or even 2019 when it was the Borges and Becker show, but that's just because they're so much more ruthless and refined. They've almost, you know, Bobby Smear noticed four four years in, he's got the regular season down to an art. It's just about cruising, getting partnerships going, getting bodies out on the field, rotating. He rotates all the time too, which is not something we see typically for a side doing so well, and the attack is a great example about it. I mean, we, we talked all this week, Wubens Passius, I mean, Mitch wrote a great article about Wubens Passius. You know, In the pregame conferences, everyone's talking about Wubens Passius. And then the CPL's all-time goal scorer goes out and gets two goals, one assist in, in 60 minutes. I mean, how demoralizing is that if you're Ottawa? The fact that a guy like Tristan Borges, who, who's been in such great form, you know, had a supposedly quiet game, you know, by Sanders, just one assist. I mean, we forget Kyle Becker, David Chouinier, who came off the bench unusually in this one, also added an assist to continue a great season. You just look through the names. There's not just depth, but there's quality. And that's just indicative all, all throughout the roster. I mean, the fact that they've dealt with so many injuries to their backline, still no Daniel Kretz, and they've been playing, uh, you know, Alexander Achinodi ansin who got his 100th cap. Uh, in the CPL, playing him at center back, and they're still the best defensive team. I mean, that sort of depth all over the pitches is, is really impressive, and I think that's why when it comes to to the playoffs, Forge is going to be such a tough beast to unearth this or even harder than they were to, to unearth last year when Pacific did it.
1: Yeah, you mentioned it, Alex. Five games win route, five game winning streak now. that's uh, That ties, I think, a club record. Um, and in your analysis piece, you used a really good word, commanding. And I thought that was a really good way of describing this performance. Um, with more on this, let's go back to the nation's capital. Reaction from Forge's top man himself is Bobby Smooney.
3: The one thing we we wanted to do was make sure we keep on this uh, run that we've been on. We've been playing some very good football, you know, going back probably, I say, 13 games. And within those uh, 13 games, uh, you know, we had some points stolen from us from Ottawa in uh, in Hamilton. And I think the guys had that uh, in the back of their mind. And not so much of a, you know, a revenge for the game, but uh, how we make sure that uh, a dominant performance turns into three points. Uh, So we needed to be a little bit more forceful in the way we were going to the goal and how we made our movements, and that's, I think, the one thing we tweaked today. And we knew that if we can get the first goal, that changes the dynamic of the game and a little bit of the game plan of, uh, of our opponent today who's been doing a fantastic job this season. And I think the guys did that. You know, we were up 2-0. Um, that starts opening up the field a little bit more and, and gives us the spaces uh, that sometimes we need to play. But even before that, I thought our guys were excellent tactically. They got into the half spaces uh, where we needed to be in what was a little bit of a congested midfield in the way they started uh, with one uh, extra midfielder uh, between Mckendry, Bassett and, and Sissoko, a little bit different uh, look than they usually have. So the guys were excellent in, in getting out there and getting attacked practically done and you know it's what we've told them we've been playing some good football it's not so much about uh, being at the top of the table but it's uh, it's getting these wins And now we're up to 10 and uh, we need to keep on adding to that
1: Very, very impressive performance, and it's been a good run from them. They had a brilliant run in 2019, but this run right now and their attacking flair, I think it's pretty unique to see just how good they are. Think about this, nine wins from their last 11. The only two they didn't win were the home games against Valor and Ottawa that Bobby mentioned there. They feel like they dominated those games but just couldn't put it away. But in those nine wins, that's 30 goals scored in those nine games now, uh, which is remarkably impressive for this team. Uh, you mentioned it as well, AGR, before we get back to you on this. Taron Campbell, two goals and an assist. He's in great form again. Let's go back and hear from him
4: after this one.
5: It was a big game for us. Uh, we knew coming today uh, we have uh, games in hand, so if we got a win today, we could go top of the table with that. Um, so it was just a big game for us, and we were all ready for it, and we came out, came out with uh, intensity, and we stuck to our game plan of just playing football, And the things will come, uh, the goals will come for us. So eventually they did, and it turned out our way today.
1: We should stress nobody, and I mean nobody, has torn this team apart, Ottawa's team like that. I mean, even the Valor game, Ottawa had a different looking team. It was a different kind of matchup. This back four has been a back four, fluid back three has been standout, Uh, Alex. This season, season, when you think of what they've got, Tiso, obviously, Espeo, Becky, and Acosta. Uh, they were very. They were made to look very ordinary with some individual mistakes. Was it just a, a rare night off for them or was there a little bit else there that you thought would maybe be a bit more concerning?
2: Um, I think it's... You know, ultimately, I don't think this is too concerning right now. I think at the end of the day, Carlos Gonzalez did a good job of pointing out. Forge had four shots on target. You know, you expect the form that Nathan Ingham's been in for most of the season, the back line, that on most days, not all four of those end up in the net. You just look back at the goals, too. I mean, Abubakar Suzoko scores from such a tight angle. Great finish from him, really. Uh, it can't be said just the way he curled it between Ingham's hand and leg uh, to make it awkward. Even look at Taron Campbell's goal. The way he scored from that angle. That's not a shot he's putting in uh, all the time. So I think for, for Ottawa's defense, they showed, you know, philosophically what they're doing for the most part, it continued to work. They kept Forge to the to the lower chances. I mex- mentioned the XG as well. The XG wasn't exactly high. I think that was more just an indication of Forge's quality. I think the one worry for Ottawa, though, is in some games when it tends to rain, it really pours. I think of, you know, that, that Valor game where, you know, they have an off night and it turns into 6-1. Not only is that just, you know, demoralizing those sorts of results, but, you know, goal difference and those sorts of stuff, they always matter. You know, at the end of the day, you want to have a good goal difference. You want to not be letting in six goals in a game like that, or you you know, you look at other games where just when they're not at it, you know, when they lost to Edmonton to give Edmonton their first win, or even in this game when it's not, you know, with Ottawa, you have to give them credit because they've been on in so many games, but one thing to watch for is when they're off, it's, you know, it's not been pretty. And say another example, say Forge in Ottawa, in the first round of the playoff. You know, it's still very early, but it's very much a possibility. First leg, you go down 4-0 versus 2-0. The the second leg is a whole different story, and you can't be allowing those results to snowball. So if there's one thing, if if I'm Carlos Gonzalez, I'm looking at, hey, every team's allowed to have an off night. Everyone around the league has off nights. You watch Cavalry, you watch Forge, Pacific, they have off nights. The difference is, you can't let it snowball like that. Even if you're going to lose, make it a 1-2-0 no loss. Make it something where you can really take something from it and go into the next game. And I think that'll be something they'll, they'll look to learn as they, they prepare for you know what looks to be their first playoff run at this point, but although it's super early and they still have to keep up their form for, from earlier in the season to make it such.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt. I mean, you think about that game, for me, I, you mentioned it, and that's, that's why I smile when you talked about it if those teams meet in the playoffs, and they've got one more meeting, by the way, at the end of this month, um, but you know Forge wanted to send a message because they didn't get to do that at home in both Ottawa games, right? They felt like they should have won both. They didn't win. The, didn't end up winning either of them. So you know that they wanted to send a bit of a message. The last thing they wanted to do was go into that playoff potential playoff matchup, um, not being able to get one over, um, I guess, the new upstarts uh, to, to their crown a little bit. Uh, with more on this, let's go back to it. You mentioned it. Here's Carlos Gonzalez after this game.
6: We have to deal with the frustration, I think that it's a game that, that we, we have to learn from it because it's a, it's a game that we are going to have, uh, we hope, in the future and, uh, as I said, if you, if you take a whole picture of the game, I think that the result is not the, the real difference between the both teams today. The reality is that I think that they capitalise in, the, in their goal situations. We gave them many chances. Uh, Today we were a little bit careless in the certain moments and we lose uh, balls that make them play with big spaces. And we knew that that if we play a game of big spaces against Forge, that they have great individuals, that they love to run, that they have great talent, that they usually make the the right decision. Uh, Probably we were going to lose that game. So once you start to lose, you start to open the game. And once you, you start to be brave to to get there and open the game, uh, the reality is that you're starting to give them the spaces that they want to play with. So it was a little bit about this.
1: Fantastic stuff. AJ, quickly before I let you go, I know you're all over everywhere on ca, one soccer as well, but you were yesterday with League One as well, BC, with the finals. How was that? Just give our audience a little bit of an idea about how that was.
2: Oh, it was a fantastic day for for soccer in BC. I'm hoping everyone who got out or were able to watch the streams of the games were able to enjoy it as much as I was. It was a beautiful, sunny BC day, and it was such a great showcase. I mean, first of all, congratulations to both winners. On the women's side, it was the Whitecaps, the young Whitecaps, filled mostly with 15-, 16-year-olds. They took on Varsity, who had dominated all year long. They went down early to 1-0. Varsity beat them in both games in the season. You thought it was over. Uh, done and dusted. someone jokingly said, like, oh, this is 4 nothing. Let's just, you know, go get a rest and prepare for the next final later. The Whitecaps, the young Whitecaps, stuck with it, scored two goals in the last five minutes of the game to win 2-1 right in the 90th minute. Fantastic result for them, and then in the men's division, It was Varsity versus TSS Rovers. The supporters owned club TSS Rovers. Uh, They went up early 1-0 on a penalty. Everyone got super excited. They have great fans. They were cheering. Varsity got one back, uh, you know, 70th minute or so. Goes to penalties right in front of the the Rovers supporters. The Rovers win it with a nice save from uh, their goalkeeper, Justin Sandu. All the fans storm the field. Uh, They get to lift the trophy. They actually gave the trophy right away to the supporters as well to to lift it. So, two great games in the women's and men's division. It's going to be awesome to see uh this league grow i think uh this later this year varsity gets to go to the interprovincial championship as well between uh you know plsq league one ontario's women's league so that's going to be an awesome showcase but in terms of league one bc itself it was such a great uh you know just finals and 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 atmosphere 1600 fans showed up to the first ever final i'm just so excited to see what this league can become in future years because for year one i think uh they, they they surpassed most expectations that they probably set out
1: as usual, well said, my man. And that's the truth. 1,600 fans supporting the fabric of youth of football and soccer in this country, men's and women's. That's what it's all about and building a culture in the great, in the great country that we have and the sport that we love as well. So all levels, that's why we're here to talk about it. Uh, as usual, AGR, check all his socials out. We appreciate you, buddy. We'll speak to you again next week. Thanks again. Awesome, see um, you, guys. Great to see you. Um, yeah, it's just a fantastic storyline. Charlie, let's move on yeah. now to more Canadian Premier League action. And you were all over this game uh, for oh us. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you say, oh, boy. But, boy, oh, boy, we've had some bad games this year sometimes at the Wanderers' guys, I say difficult games. Uh, you covered this one. Coming in, Halifax and York had combined, combined to score just four goals in eight games in the month of July. Yeah. But once again, we got a holiday goals bonanza. They did it last year to us. They did it this year. Uh, but for one, though, it was a game of fantasy, and for the other, a stuff of nightmares, Charlie.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know uh, which side we really want to start with, because one of these is going to be a lot more fun to talk about. So maybe we'll start with York. Start um, with,
1: always go with fun.
0: Yeah, y- this is a really, really important result for York, I think. They've, they have obviously went through that really rough patch in, in May, June, early July, where they're just not scoring at all. They're not getting results. Uh, they break that that skid a week and a half ago in Calgary with that that quite gutsy 1-0 win, but that wasn't the same as this year where they win 4-2. They put four goals on an opponent, and that's not something that uh, has really been in their locker this season. We can see the goals there in a the highlight reel, and just these kinds of goals are not things that York have been able to score at all this year. These, uh, little, these plays in the box, these one-touch finishes, these uh, just kind of shows of of that killer instinct when you're when you've got the ball. I think one of the best result the the best indicators, of this is the uh, the second goal, Osaza di Rosario's first one, where they have four men in the box uh, at the the point that the ball goes in the net, which is you know, not something that York have been good at doing is getting men into the box. And that's maybe the most impressive thing here is they were faster in this game than I think we've seen them in most other games. They were getting those crosses through the box. They were attacking from the ways that Martin Nash wants them to. We know that he said specifically that when they attack, he wants those balls to be played out wide rather than through the middle where they can be picked off. And that's exactly what they did in this game. We see the crosses come in and we see enough bodies in the box to finish those chances. Osazi de Rosario with just a fantastic game where he's finding those spaces, getting on those balls. And he's got, he's maybe one of the only attackers on this team that's got any confidence at the moment. Yeah, But, you know, in theory, uh, that that improves now you know York had scored three first half goals all year coming into this game and they scored two in this game so you can just tell that this team I guess went into this game thinking okay we we have had enough of this this uh this down period we're not we're not going to be sad anymore we're just going to go at this team and we're going to uh score the goals that they haven't been scoring all year you don't need every goal you score to be an absolute belter of individual quality that's not how teams win games this is how teams win games when you score these goals by just playing these crosses across the 16 yard or the 18 yard box, having guys in the right positions at the back post or, or around the penalty spot. So uh, that this is just a, a really, really important result for York and maybe something that they can build on going forward because they haven't had a lot of that recently.
1: Yeah, 4-1-1 one one now when opening the scoring in games this season and I think they've done that three out of the last four games after going on a horrendous run of not scoring I think on yeah. one goal in nine matches prior to that. Uh, let's go back to the Wanderers' Grounds reaction on the winning coach. Here's Martin Nash.
6: Uh, we'll see how it goes this week. You
5: know, uh, see how guys pull through. I thought a fantastic effort from the guys today. Uh, they gave everything. Uh, everything I asked, uh, they did. Um, you know, they've had a great attitude all, week, all year. It's
6: been tough with uh, goal scoring to be fair. So, uh, it's good to get some today, and then, uh, you know, we got another tough game next week on the road, so uh, we'll see how guys pull through this
7: week.
1: That game next week is referring to on Sunday at Valor in Winnipeg. Um, he said it's been a tough go goal goal-scoring, but now with four in his last four, one of the hottest strikers in a league full of hot strikers. Yes, we're looking at you, Alejandro Diaz and wubes Uh What about Azaze Di Rosario? Four and four. Let's go back to the grounds and hear from him.
2: Well, we had to finish off the year. I'm thinking, you um, know, I still want to add my achievements to, to be, of course, one of the top goal scorers. But, you know, from here, it's been an up and down year, of course, like you said. But, you know, I think, you know, when it, these games show, you know, our quality our were what we're able to do, you know, even though we got two goals scored on us, but we're able to score lots of goals, like four goals, you know, and I'm able to, you know, bag a brace. It's my first time being a brace this year, so I'm happy for that. And, you know, I'm just going on to the next game from here. I'm not thinking too far ahead, just the next game.
1: Charlie, in your analysis, you referred to Yorkers bringing this new attacking ruthlessness. That it looks like their back three starting to come together as well, which is certainly good. Yeah. Um, all the things that are ticking that aren't ticking for Halifax, um, they have no fluidity. They do not certainly have any kind of attacking ruthlessness. Um, this has been... a a dreadful run. They had that one win when I was at the game, actually on the island in Pacific uh, by three goals Mm. to know that thought that could be a momentum for them. But instead, it's been nothing more of an aberration, really. I mean, since winning two of their first four in in April, Halifax have now won just three of 13 games, conceding 22 goals in those 13 games. I know we talk a lot about what's going wrong with them going forward, but 22 goals in 13 games they have conceded now. Uh, Four times conceding three or more, and three times at home. This was once a team, Charlie, that you knew at home at least would give you that solid defensive performance. But now they're getting torn apart by what was coming in the worst-form team in the league in York.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is rough times out east at the moment. Uh, that the home form is maybe the most concerning thing to me. How this team's bread and butter used to be how much of a fortress that Wanderers grounds was. No team wanted to go play there ever. They've lost four times by multiple goals there this year. They, York York are sorry. Forge destroyed them twice, three nil and four right. nil. Ottawa did it. And now York did it. And they're not a team that's been scoring a lot. As you mentioned this Halifax team, just they move the ball kind of slowly. Stephen Hart seems to say that every week that they're not moving the ball quickly enough. They're not getting players into the box, which is again, what York was able to do in this game. They're losing the individual battles. They're second to balls. Andre Rampersad kind of took responsibility after after this game. He was uh, he was uh, definitely a, a, not a very happy man after this, but he said, yeah, the, the first goal that York scores is that set piece. Jordan Wilson should never be beating Andre Rampersad to a header. Right. Like Rampersad has several inches in height on him, and that's kind of his marker. He's supposed to hold him off. Rampersad kind of put his hand up. He says that shouldn't be happening, but these are the things that are happening to Halifax at the moment. You know, Stephen Hart gave us, I think, maybe the most depressing stat I've heard in a while after this game, when he said that you know this this Halifax team they've played, I think I think it's 17 games now. Uh their third leading player in shots on target is Joao Morelli, who has yeah. played 180 minutes this season. hasn't played since April in the second game of the season. Uh, that's not good enough no. for this team, right? They just can't seem to find those chances they have they they'll have the ball they'll win balls very well in midfield as they always will uh they'll get the ball sometimes into the attacking third but then they just run out of ideas when they get there right they can't put the ball on net they can't put the ball in the net certainly uh, and and just it, it's kind of i don't really know what the solution is obviously you hope that that from <clears> one way comes in and, and continues to play as he did i thought he actually did have another bright performance especially in the first half of this game Uh, he had a couple of those chances and maybe if one of them goes in it's a different story but at the end of the day it's uh it's it's sad times in Halifax because this is really has really been a rough period for them
1: yeah collectively look very very lost right now you referred to in your analysis Stephen Hart being very somber um and I thought was a really good word for that too here is the reaction of the Halifax gaffer after this one
7: no I, I don't think we have uh we really don't have any excuses when you when you look at the game i was i was just going over uh, the the chances the you know you have to you have to to realize that uh, the the open the open chance of the game we got two two chances and uh, we didn't we didn't he- hit the target right and uh, if if you take one of those chances who knows what would happen you know and uh, uh, a number of times we got into good positions, but we didn't. We didn't test the keeper enough. We didn't score. But uh, we were going over some some statistics uh, two days ago, and Morelli hasn't played since the second game of the season, and he's our third leading uh, shots on target player still. So that alone should tell you that uh, you know where where our problems where our problems lie.
1: We'll end on a high and shout out to friend of the show, Jordan Wilson, for his goal. The first goal as a father, his first game as a father, yeah. and he scores right away. So fantastic news uh, for him. Uh, Bringing our own Benedict Rhodes next. Uh, Benny, great to see you from Halifax. We head to Winnipeg, uh, where Vala had the week off after a grueling travel schedule previously. This time it was Pacific who were the ones needing to rotate and refresh, stopping off in Manitoba from Jamaica and CONCACAF play. This was a significant match for Valor in their attempt to threaten the top four. But in the end, Benny, the performance was good enough to get it, but somehow the result did not work out. What happened?
5: Yeah, and that's a good way of saying they, they they really needed a result here, I think, to to really cement their spot among those kind of leading group of four or five teams. And uh they, they got off to a good start here, as as you see if you're watching on, on YouTube. Their De Bruyne scored his second goal of the season, his first start. So he was very good in this game and the first hour or so of this game it was all Valor Pacific looked tired after traveling. They they didn't look like they were involved at all in this game. It was and it, it took them over an hour I think to get the first shot on target. Um and and then and as as you're seeing here on the screen, they they just Valor just collapsed with two goals in two minutes from Alejandro Diaz. The there's a red card I mean just before that um to, to Daniel Escano uh for for a second yellow rather for, for simulation and and that kind of changed the, the outlook of this game i guess valor kind of just deflated and and pacific took full advantage of it with two quick goals
1: yeah they certainly did two touches two goals for the leading goal scorer in the league alejandro diaz that's how it's done i suppose uh we'll get to pacific more in a second uh but valor are only halfway through their home games this season they had one postponed remember They've scored six goals in seven games at home this season. Their xG is no different; it's six point eight. So they're not exactly not had a chance. They're not exactly creating those chances either. Um, but six of their next seven games are at home. So I guess by Labor Day, Benny, we're gonna have an idea. What can you see um, in their opening hour performance that you think that could be encouraging? Because for an hour, as you said, they outplayed the chance.
5: Yeah, they were they were kind of ruthless. They they were pressing everything. They were they were outrunning Pacific. They were outworking Pacific and. Uh, if you do that against, you know, the reigning champions, you know, you're, you're in a pretty good place, I think. And you saw it on the on the goal for, for De Bruyne there. Like, uh a specific player had the ball, and, and four players just swarmed them. Uh, and and if, if you do that, you know, you're going to give yourself a good chance to win the ball back in, in a high position or right outside the penalty area. And, and uh, it led to their goal, and and, and they probably should have had a few more goals from, from some sort of similar positions, and uh, they just couldn't take advantage of them, and, and it cost them.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's kind of the story. I mean, obviously – Maybe maybe you you expect not quite that level of dominance in the first half, but you maybe expect Valor to come out on the front foot with Pacific kind of having to travel such a long way from Jamaica for this game, and you know I'm, I'm sure that it's hard to to recenter your focus after a game like that onto a, a road game in Winnipeg. But even still, I think that Valor did have you know the the adequate hunger that they needed coming into this game. They knew how big this was for them uh, in the standings in terms to of you know, not letting that entirely get away from them. Uh, it's unfortunate for them that uh, they, they come out of this with nothing and poss- possibly that fourth place spot is getting away from them. But uh, there there are a lot of positives, especially that first hour. Nobody really, not many teams can do that to Pacific is, you know, push them back so much and, and take those chances,
1: have those set pieces and things like that um there's a lot so. to like about the team no
0: like
5: yeah, I feel like they, w-
1: when you watch them they're in every game almost it's just uh you know I think Phil DeSantis has done a, d- a good job they, they keep the ball well they brought a couple of good players obviously the, the red card made a big difference we know that um yeah it just I just feel like that the next great step maybe is the one thing you talk about in sports is like knowing how to win games you know win lose mm-hmm. or uh, you know play well or don't play well know how to win it finish it off you know when you get that lead and that's uh that's something we'd have to figure out. Um, Phil De Santos, after the game, was pretty adamant in his, his appraisal of his performance. Let's listen to that.
7: I think that we were, until that time, not by a little, by far, the best team on the field. And even after going down to one, we managed to still, well, with a man down, be the best team on the field team on the field
1: that was suddenly echoed by a skipper Andrew John baptiste who again was very very good in this game has been massive since they came back let's hear from him after this one
7: the first half you know says a lot uh I mean going toe-to-toe with the defending champs and you know a team that is obviously competing for winning the championship again and you know they came to our home and we 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 put up with them the whole way through, and obviously we looked like the better team out there in so many aspects of the game. I mean, you know, they can make some excuses and say that they uh, they didn't have a few players on the field, and we could say the exact same thing. We had a uh, we had a young kid uh, that hasn't started many matches for us, and he came in and put a goal a goal on them. So, you know, and that right there shows the depth of our bench and the quality that we're able to <clears throat> put out onto the field, regardless of uh, if we feel like our our best eleven isn't out there. So.
1: The young kid, he you referred to obviously Matteo de Brienne, the young Canadian. What of Pacific, uh, Benny? They end July four wins from four, uh, 10 five, They outscored teams, three of those wins basically away from home. Diaz got six goals in the month, same as Wubens Perseus, by the way. Two more. Uh, what did you see about this team that seems to be flowing with confidence right now?
5: Yeah, he said confidence, that's that's a good way of saying it. they they know even if they go down, that they're not ever out of a game they always have the quality and, and the players capable of getting back into a game. And then just look at, you know, who, who was involved in the, in the first goal it was, it was Aparicio to boost those to Diaz. You know, those are three of the, the premier players in this league. And, and they know, you know, these guys will always give them a chance and, and they, they managed to keep it to just one. Uh, and then, uh, you know, when they had the, the, this was the first one they were, they were full of confidence. They knew, you know, we're not going to let this slip. We, we need to, you know, just find, find that second one. And, and, you know, I think it's two minutes and one second later, Javi Bula you know, has that nice. nice play on the left side. And, and I'm not sure if it was a cross or a shot, but it ended up at Diaz's feet and, and he, he tapped at home. Yeah, this He's is
0: what good fire, teams do, right?
1: Charlie. He's on fire. He is. Yeah. Sorry,
0: go ahead. He, of course he is. This is what good teams do though, right? We, you know, when when they, when they things aren't going totally their way, especially in a first half, they'll take advantage of of maybe a, a bounce that they get or, or th- something that does turn around in their favor. And obviously they they take advantage of... of have an opponent on 10 men almost immediately. Alejandro Diaz in such good form. All he really needs is a couple of touches of the ball and he can put it in the net. Uh, you know, future, future in a couple of minutes, guest of the show, Marco Bustos with a, a really great assist. Um also also we should we should mention as Finn has been asking in the chat, shout out to Emil Gazdov for his debut with this Absolutely. club. I thought he was excellent, especially There's in the market. first half under fire. Uh, but in general, again, this is Pacific, this is what Pacific can do, right? When they aren't at their best. They can still find a way to get those results out of a game, and that's why they're, again, among the top teams in the league.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Finn. Hello to Finn in the chat, and Aaron. lot of Josh watching from Nigeria as well. Uh, so, appreciate you coming and joining in on this one. Um, let's go back to that game, and let's listen to the top goal scorer right now in the league. His thoughts on this after his brace is Alejandro Diaz. In so
3: the first half, uh, we didn't keep uh, possession, and, and James told us, like, uh, we, we need to have – that uh, possession we, we have been always uh getting so on the second on the second half I think the team came out with a great mentality uh, we, we kept the ball a little bit more uh, and we created more chances than the than the first half and we could finish those ch- chances so I think uh, we did a great uh work in in the in the mentality in, yeah in, in the mentality as James said so uh, I think uh, we were good on, on that part
1: Diaz referring to James. James being Merriman. Let's hear from him. I
8: thought um, the first half, we, we are obviously tired. Um, we struggled to to keep possession. We didn't take care of the ball. Um, defensively, you know, we were second to everything as well. Valor was, was putting us under a lot of pressure. Um, and we, we we just spoke about it. We dressed it at halftime. You know, we we came here to... Get three points. That was the focus. We wanted to win this match and go home, and, and we needed to shift our mentality. We needed to find another gear after a lot of travel, um, and, and the group did. And, and, you know, full credit to the players for, for finding it. And the way that we came out in the second half, the way that we continued to work for each other and push, um, and then I think, you know, when they went down to 10 men. We started to to show even more to, to push on and go and get the get the win. So really happy for the for the players, most importantly.
1: Football. Huh? I mean, it's not that long ago. Five weeks ago, James Merrill and his Pacific team walking off that field against losing against Halifax, scratching their head. Five weeks ago, then they went. They go on and score 15 goals in the next five games. So very impressive uh, on that. Uh, We'll move Benny out. Thanks a lot, my man. And we'll bring in a substitute. And he's not a bad substitute to bring in, to be fair. Here he is. (laughs) Here's Marco Bustos uh, talking of this uh, lethal attack right now. He's got a smile on his face. Why not? The sun is shining on the island. And they've got a brilliant game to play tonight in CONCACAF play. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Good morning out there. And how's the feeling in the club right now, my man?
8: No, first of all, thanks for having me again and also good morning um no it's uh it's it's big you know this is i would argue probably the the biggest game in club history just in in all aspects you know cath league um you know as a as a team we've been going through kind of like an up and down you know we started off really hot and then you know we took a dip and now we're starting to creep back up and you know this is this is the time where know we play a game like this a big game you know you want to be in a good groove, and I think we're in a we're in a good groove right now the energy around the team is is what it feels like or what it felt like in the beginning which is uh which is nice is which is what we want and now it's just super exciting for for us the players the organization the fans and and the city
0: maybe just to to put a bow quickly on this valor game over the weekend you know that that's a tough one for you guys, right? To travel all the way up from Jamaica to Winnipeg, uh, you have to play this game against a team who's you know very up for this game. They can they press quite hard. They work very hard. Uh, how hard was it for you guys to to kind of pull out that win? And how much does it say about your team that you are able to pull that out in a game where you know it's difficult for you? You're probably exhausted, and you've got this bigger this big game coming up on Tuesday.
8: Yeah, you know, uh, not many people, uh, if any, kind of know the travel that we went through um you know it took us two days to get to jamaica and it's not an excuse from 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 me i just think it's it shows as a collective how strong we really are you know we went to jamaica we uh i feel we had a fair result from the travel that we had and how we played you know uh and then coming back here and obviously having to take it back at home but going from there coming to winnipeg's not easy you know valor's a team that you know, they've been getting much better since the first year. And they're a team that can compete. You know, when we went there and first half, everybody saw it. You know, we didn't compete one bit. And, yeah, we were tired. You know, uh, our legs a bit tired. and But but that's that's the reality of, of modern football. You know, lots of travel, uh, especially in this league, CONCACAF League. Uh, that's something that we have to get used to as a group. Um, but you know you go you go to Winnipeg that's a team that's trying to get into the top four you know they're right behind us or right behind the top four and you know for us to get the three points there you know not really you know playing playing a great way um, I'm not gonna say we got lucky because we did we did score two good goals and we stayed collective together and we did walk away with the three points which was very important but that separates us from them you know and that, i think that's that's the most important and our goal from the beginning was be at the top and you know these are the games where you know good teams find a find a way to win and uh, i think that's what we did and it's important winning that before this big game we have today
1: they're all fantastic points, my man. And you use the word separates there. And I think that's a really good one. We all know at any level of football, sometimes that goal scorer, you just need him to be on and you can win a game and you think, oh, we'll take that. Diaz is up to 13 now. Two goals, two touches yeah. on the weekend. The glancing header from your cross, I think, is a sensational goal. Not many people talk about how great a header that is. But what's it like working and playing with this guy every day? And has he got even better this year than he has last year for you?
8: Yeah, of course he's gotten better. You know, this is the the most confidence I've ever seen him with, and I've always known Diaz was has been a, a top player, and he has been a top player in this league since he arrived. You know, I've played against him multiple times with the U17, U20 national team, and he was always he was always a guy to watch out for. And you know, to have him in my team, you know, being able to assist him um, or him assist me has it's been it's been good. You know, it's been exciting. You know, I'm happy, really happy for him. You know, he's he's becoming a family man now, he's having a baby, you know. So these goals are important for him and they're important for us as a a team, you know, because without him, we don't walk away with three points Mm. on the weekend. So, uh, no, it's just, it's just nice. You know, it's nice to have people in a groove, uh, people feeling good. You know, when you have a guy like this, you know, out of nowhere, he can score a goal. You know, out of nowhere, he can create a chance. You know, th- these are, these are things you want in the team and these are things that you need if, you know, you want to win or you want to separate yourself from the rest.
0: Yeah, Diaz, obviously one of those players of Pacific, including Marco yourself and a couple others that has experience in these CONCACAF competitions. Maybe that's what, that's what brings us back to this game tonight. Um, you guys know how difficult it can be to go down to these places. Like you went down to Jamaica, um, I don't know. For me, a nil-nil draw, I think definitely suits you guys, right? Coming home uh, to this game where these, this other team has to play on turf. They have to play in your crowd. They're not used to traveling as much as you are because you don't have to travel as far in the Jamaican league. Right. Uh, so what was maybe the, the overarching thought coming out of that tough game in Jamaica and and how excited are you to to have this second leg tonight?
8: Yeah, of course. You know, obviously that's comes into play. You know, we said, you know they don't have to travel they don't they don't travel as much as we do so this is going to be a big travel for them big difference turf you know a big crowd you know we're expecting a sellout today at starlight stadium which is which is important you know we need the fans to push us you know really be that 12th man and and for them you know it's not it's not really about them today i think it's mm-hmm. just really about us you know we we come out the way we know we can come out especially at home you know and then and then the football speaks for itself
1: marco on that point then how important is it just to play the game and not the occasion
8: massive massive and that's 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 like anything you know uh this goes back to me individually also you know i'm you know i had many games there where i'm chasing a goal chasing a goal and it's not coming not coming and then for me, it was about coming back to, you know, don't, don't chase the goal, just play the game. You know, and it's, it's similar to, you know, don't chase that goal. Don't chase the three points. Don't chase the win. Just play the game, be about the process. And, you know, if you do it in the right way, things will happen and good things will happen because the people that work hard, you know, good things come to those people. And I think we're a team that, that works hard and, and us individuals, we work hard. So, you know, you just got to stay with the process, you know, start from minute one and take it minute by minute right to 90 because you never know. You guys, as a
0: club last year, had some some massive games, some massive experiences. I know, Marco, it was tough for you to watch those from the sidelines, but I'm thinking of, you know, the the, the Whitecaps game, the two playoff games that these guys played. As a club, as a collective, how important is that experience in terms of knowing what to expect in you know a, a knockout game with such fine margins you've obviously played in knockout games yourself as yeah. a player throughout your career how important is it to to build or to to draw from those experiences
8: no it's it's very important you know it's it's important because it teaches the individual to you know really be calm in 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 the present moment you know the the game against calgary you know we went right to extra time we ended up scoring and then we held we held the lead you know, and that's that's something that, you know, it really shows that, you know, you gotta really take it minute by minute, play by play, because you know, we got one chance, we scored, and then that was it. We go to the final. So I think that's that that's important, you know, just the focus, you know, you have to be focused like like no other. Because, you know, this team scores today. We gotta score two. Yeah. You know, so be defensively sound first before anything, and then the rest will open up. And I think that's an important message that's been that's been pushed around the group the last few days was defensively compact and then when the chances come, they're gonna come. You know, when we break transitionally, that's that's when I think we're most dangerous as a as an attack. And uh hopefully we just we're ourselves and, and we just fill that net.
1: last one for you before we let you go, you mentioned it, you're in this competition because you're winners, you're champions from last year. Um, but you did all that on the road. You went to Calvary on the road, you did it there, you went to Hamilton, you did it there. It fo- it almost feels like a little bit of a coming home part, you know, for you to celebrate tonight. I know you don't want to celebrate because you've got your business to do, but you mentioned mm-hmm. it, biggest game in club history for you. The fact that you're at home, you get to do this with those fans, and any fans who are thinking still about coming out, what's that mean to have a big event like this to happen at Starlight?
8: No, it's huge. You know, I actually said this yesterday. You know, the 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 game that this kind of mimics would be would be the whitecaps game you know in terms of fans the the atmosphere um you know everything just going on around the stadium you know it being an event you know it's a big event you know it's a big event for the island it's 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 huge you know this is this this can mark another you know another stepping stone for the cpl for the island for pacific fc you know uh and and you know, it is a big occasion. But for us players, it's just just a game. You know, and I think I think that's that's the most important and and hopefully, you know, we, we do what we have to do, play the way we need to play and and we're all smiling after this.
1: Well, we're all polling for you, my friend. No doubt about it. Uh, the Champs Pacific FC take on FC House with Jamaica tonight in second leg of CONCACAF League play at Starlight Stadium on the island. Get out there if you've not got your tickets. There's a few tickets still left. Uh, again, live on One Soccer, 7 o'clock local, 10 o'clock Eastern tonight here on Tuesday, uh, August second, twenty 2022. Uh, Marco, thanks again. Congrats on the assist this weekend. Keep up the great form, and we'll chat with you Thank soon. You.
8: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
1: We always appreciate Thanks, you and your time. Appreciate you, Marco Bustos. Uh, bringing in Mitchell Tierney now. And before we break down your game on the weekend in Calgary, Mitch, you've just been chatting with Tommy Wielden Jr. Uh, breaking news today of Arabin Pebbles' move to Luton Town. Uh, what's Tommy got to say about that to you when you talk to him?
9: Yeah, I mean, definitely a little bittersweet for for Tommy Wielden Jr. in Calgary because obviously they lose their leading scorer and a player who, you know, through the month of May, Absolutely lit the league on fire, um, and and scored a, a number of goals. Broke the league record for for a number of goals in a row. Um, you know, so obviously they're sad about losing him, but this is you know one of the express goals of the club, and he he already talked about you know as a team they're moving on. Obviously they have to to move on to their next goal, which is obviously to win a CPL championship. But as a development staff, they have to move on as well. their Their next goal is now to find the next Arab and Pebble, and they mm-hmm. truly believe that. Within the Calgary footballing structure, there's so many of these players that exist now and that this club can make a difference for. So um, yeah, it was it was a little bit of a bittersweet sentiment from Tommy Wilton, Jr.
1: But as usual, pretty insightful. And we appreciate you sending on that message to us live. Um, Let's go to their game on the weekend, the third installment in league play of what they call Al Clasico. Cavalry had outscored FC Edmonton by a combined 6-1 to in two previous league games this season and narrowly knocked them out of the cup as well for good measure. Uh, But this was another familiar tale in that story between these clubs, right, Mitch?
9: Yeah, it was a little bit because you know the those scorelines, as you said, now it's eight to one uh, in all you know in uh, in all competitions. But the the difference, uh, or eight to one in the Canadian Premier League, but the difference uh, is that it's so close, like it's much closer than than it looks. Um, this this is the first goal here from Calgary if you're watching on YouTube, and this came after you know a strong spell from from Edmonton where they really um throughout the the start of the match they had more time to prepare and they really got on cavalry they were pressing them well they had a few good interceptions and then you know the experience of cavalry wins out and alan koch called this a match of moments which i think is is very fair Cavalry had you know two moments they took theirs edmonton had a, a couple of decent chances they weren't able to to convert on them so there's where the experience you know rules out. But at the same time, there's uh, there's really some positives to be taking out of these performances from Edmonton because they're pretty close. They're, I know it's 11 now that they've lost to Cavalry and Tommy Wilden Jr. said after the match, he never intends to let an Edmonton side beat his side, but they're getting closer.
0: It's got to happen eventually, I think. Um, it, it, I, I think Alan is right though, that this is a game of moments. you know It's, it's a set piece, which Cavalry scores probably once a game at this point almost. Yeah. Um, so that that's to be expected. and then it's it's uh, a fullback bombing on through the middle of the pitch and, and taking on defenders, which you know obviously if, you, if you're Edmonton's midfield, you are uh, pretty annoyed that you let that happen to you. I don't think that's ever something that you want to happen. but for the most part, right Edmonton is a team that are kind of hunting for these passes to pick off. Right, they're hunting for these these moments that they can they can go because they know that that's the best way that they can score. Right, is to pick off those passes and and to have these quick transitional moments. That pretty much is how they score most of their goals. Right, they they pick these off, but I, again, they didn't necessarily find a lot of these moments. Mitchell, you you mentioned Calvary's defense in this game specifically, Karifa Yao, who who scores a goal, but also is really solid at the back. Just what has impressed you about the way that Calvary were able to maybe prevent? more of those moments from coming out of this game
9: yeah i think there was an expressed goal within Cavalry that knowing that their fullbacks were going to get forward that fleet and uh and alarcon were going to push up the wings there was going to be space in behind and they knew edmonton was going to try and do this you know the the book on edmonton is is obviously open and and everyone is aware that they are in dangerous in transition so Yao and Klomp had to be very careful in defense. They had to be constantly switched on where, you know, if, if Leeds going to make a pass here, if that gets picked off, where do I need to be next? And they did a fantastic job of, there was a few chances. I think there was one early on in the first half where Kamara breaks through and it looks like a breakaway for a second. And then all of a sudden Yao and Klomp are all over him. He's got nowhere to go and that chance is, is cut out. And I think that was what happened um, pretty consistently for, you know, Cavalry and Edmonton in this match. And it's a good point on the defenders, the Alarcon run, because that's really where they've been able to find goals lately is five of their last six goals have come either assisted or scored by defenders. And, you know, when uh, when Bevan's out, when Mason's just coming back to form, when you've lost Peppel, you need goals in different ways and having them from two very, very good fullbacks offensively. And then, you know, you get your centre-backs up there on set pieces as they have all season. There's just another route to goal for Cavalry.
1: Yeah, Alakans look really, really good. Talking of really, really good, uh, you know me, guys. I will talk about future Canadian international career for Yao anytime. Uh, but no one wants oh, to hear yeah. from me. Let's hear from him.
8: That's a great feeling. We know that in Edmonton and Calgary,
4: it's like a rivalry. So to beat them again, you just feel good, and we we go back to the to the winning ways. So that's an incredible feeling
1: love 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 that player by the way um uh if fifa came down with a mandate tomorrow where they said a domestic league has to have one player go to the world cup to represent their okay. team which they should do it's by him, the way. It's him. Uh, yeah get curry for you on the canadian men's national team fast uh, and get used to him because he is a star um I'll go back to the uh to spruce medals and reaction from the winning boss uh, the aforementioned tommy wilson jr
4: I think it was a very professional and clinical performance from the lads. They've been, you know, one bad week doesn't make for a bad season. But uh, we talked this week about, you know, form is temporary, but class is permanent. I think today we knew that Edmonton would come in and give us everything they had. And and I think they did, in fairness to them, credit Talon and his staff, because they made it tough for us. But I thought we were clinical with uh, our game plan and our game management at the end to keep a clean sheet. If we're not going to score three or four, we just made sure they didn't. And I thought that was uh, what was pleasing today.
1: Tommy, of course, referring to the three-game losing streak that they were on heading into this game. Uh, but Mitchell, you covered it. They get the Wild Rose Cup, three wins and three from them. And Tommy used the fans as a bit of motivation in your analysis. You wrote about that pregame where you could hear the fans already out there before the match.
9: Yeah, he said, you know, the, there was a bit of a lightning delay. So um, that meant that, you know, the the fans and their supporters in there go under the, the roof and... Apparently, it was very loud. You could hear it echoing through the entire stadium um, because of that. And, and otherwise, the atmosphere was just incredible. You know, I obviously caught it on TV, but you could hear right away. It was like, wow, this feels like a proper cup final atmosphere. And so Tommy said he just opened the the, dro- the door and he said, listen, that's who we're playing for. This is a supporters cup that's made by them. They want to win it. Let's go out and do that for them. And yeah, they went out and did.
1: FC Edmonton in the middle, though, now of uh, what is a six-game away stretch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this has been a tough stretch for them. But as you guys, I think, alluded to perfectly, sometimes it's not about evaluating the results. It's about evaluating the performances. They still lack the ability to score those goals. But within those games, I think we're still seeing some real bright spots. As we've said consistently, there are Canadian Premier League players regularly on this team going forward. Uh, with more on this, the reaction of their head coach is Alan Koch
8: shy from difficult challenges and difficult questions uh, I've done this professionally now for 22 years this is by far the hardest uh, project to be involved in uh, because when you lose a game you question everything uh, and I guarantee you our players on the locker room right
3: now are, are questioning how did we play why did we do certain things why did this happen in the game I think when they pause like we will and reflect on it the game really came down to two moments Uh, a set piece that we didn't manage well. We're going to make mistakes. That's part of the game. Uh,
8: And allowing their fullback to push through and drive through the heart of our group. Other than those two moments, our young and experienced group went toe-to-toe with a fantastic team in this league.
1: As usual, a brutal and honest assessment from Alan Koch. A lot of young players continue to shine, though. Uh, And one of those players is Marcus Simmons, let's hear from him.
7: We were set out to attack straight from the get-go, go go forward and don't be scared. We know that Calvary is one of the top teams in the league and they're they're a clinical team. Um, Two moments, as Alan said before in the game, is what let us down and we need to learn when we go down a goal, not to get our heads down and just keep going.
1: As usual, read Mitchell Tinney's outstanding stuff, campiel.ca. Mitch, stick around for the end of the show if you don't mind. Let's put up the standings now uh, and a reflection that the front four are clearly starting to get away. Uh, Valor still have that game in hand and as we alluded to, six of their next seven at home. We're going to find out this month what Valor's playoff credentials are like. Contenders or pretenders, we will know by Labor Day, Ottawa struggled on the weekend, obviously fall back to fourth after being top and that just shows you how close it can be, Charlie. Uh, You can almost a blanket over these, but the big number on this for me is that 23 goal difference of Forge, and that's the story right now, Charlie O'Connor plot.
0: Yeah, it is. It is pretty insane considering some of the other goal differentials, even in the top four with, a, you know, Atletico Auto having a, an even goal differential in Pacific being just three. I think for me, the big number is also in Forge's line. For me, it's there's 16 games played, having mm. two in hand on Pacific and Cavalry uh and still being top of the table uh, Forge definitely have fancied themselves all year to end up at the top of that table there. We're seeing it manifested right now. And, and we always knew that they they pretty much had games in hand all season. And now it's they are rounding into incredible form. And, and I think Pacific and Cavalry will both be really keen on, on not letting them get too far ahead. They both have to win their games coming up as well to make sure that they don't let Forge ahead of them too much.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, That is the standing so far through this week. And here's a look at next week. Before we show you the schedule board, I promised off the top I've got a remarkable stat. I don't know if you guys will think this is remarkable, so it might just literally be me, but stay with me and let me humor you for a second. Um, (laughs) We have now had 69 games played, I think it has been in the Premier League. Um, You know where I'm going with this. We've had 17 draws, 26 home wins, and 26 away wins. That's right. The away teams have caught up. Uh, They've caught up with the win by York on Monday. They've caught up. In April, it was 8-2 to two in wins for home teams. And then since then, it's been gradually going more and more. Um, away wins in June 8 compared to home wins seven, uh, 6. And away wins in July 9 compared to 7. So this has been going on for some time this summer that away wins have been trending in the right direction. And now they've tied. They were down 8-2 in April. And now it's back up at 26-26, which is absolutely wow. remarkable uh, for me. Uh, read into that what you want. It might just be... Scheduling organizers, best teams playing away from home. But there is something to be said about uh, home field advantage when it's colder. Uh, so we'll see if that trends back in that direction when it gets closer to September and October. But keep that in mind boys because the Predictor okay. fans want to hear what you have to say about some of these scores. So let's put the schedule up and as usual it starts on Wednesday this week Uh, and a massive game at home, let's be honest. Uh, Vala take on Cavalry. That is a big game, no doubt about it. Can Valor turn around their miserable home form in terms of goals? So we look be two, six out of seven in that one. So read into the stats all you like on that one. Um, We go to the weekend to pick some of these games Forge against Halifax and there was a game last season where Forge played Halifax with Morelli, and Forge destroyed them 4-0 in that game if I remember or maybe 4-1 and Forge were marvellous and the way that they're playing right now 30 goals in the last nine I think it'd be pretty obvious to say that you might get 4-0 4-1 again in this one that's my prediction for you to give you a bit of a hand Um, and for the boys let's give you Ottawa Edmonton Charlie what are you thinking on this?
0: Oh, this is this is an interesting... I think Ottawa are pretty hungry after that Forge game. They they need a bounce back at home quite badly. I mean, obviously, so are Edmonton after the Calgary game, but I'm going to go with maybe a, maybe a 3-1 for Ottawa. 3-1,
1: yeah, Wounded Animal indeed. And a second home win, a second home game, maybe a second home win, we'll find out. <laughs> second home game of the week for Valor in the come-on game of the week. I'll be back in the One Soccer studio for that against York on Sunday. Mitchell, over to you to pick the final one for this.
9: I don't know if I'll go as far as to pick a second home win, but I think that uh, I think it will be a win for, for Valor. I think they match up stylistically well against York United, and this is a game they really, really need. Yeah, basically, every home game at this point, they really, really need, but this especially.
1: In the previous matchup between these two teams earlier this season, commentating on that game, I remember Sean Reyes scored an 87th-minute screamer yeah. to win that game by one goal to nil in a game that York played very well in and missed a penalty and, in the end, got nothing from that. Well, thanks again for this, boys. We appreciate it. We end the show on a historical moment for the Canadian Premier League. You'll remember a few weeks ago, Kyle Becker became the first player to reach 100 appearances as a Canadian Premier League player for Forge. Well, we had the second one this weekend. That's right. Swedish star Alexander Ashnoda Jansson became the second player to reach 100 appearances in the Canadian Premier League and forever the first overseas player to reach that milestone. A special player and a special
4: milestone. Here he is. När jag flyttade runt halva jorden 2019 visste jag inte vad jag skulle vänta mig utifrån Kanada. Jag hade pratat med både Bobby och Kosta över telefon och fick en bra bild av vad de ville ha utifrån mig och deras plan för laget och ligan. Det var spännande att vara del av något nytt, även om jag inte hade någon aning om vad det skulle ta mig. I början, att vakna upp till en snörig och grå månad bestående av att endast se och parkeringsplatser, att ha lämnat min familj, mina vänner och min hund gjorde att jag ifrågasatte om jag gjort rätt val. Som tur var så stämde den enda saken jag visste om kanadensare. Alla var otkult, trevliga och välkomnande, vilket gjorde övergången betydligt enklare. Under de här hundra matcherna har jag upplevt både fantastiska och förödande ögonblick. Jag har vunnit finaler och jag har förlorat finaler. Jag har rest i platser jag aldrig trodde jag skulle resa till. Och allt är tack vare mina fantastiska lagkamrater genom åren. Bobby och Costa för att de övertalade mig att komma hit. Forge och CPL för att de gjort allt det här möjligt. Men främst tack vare Hamilton för att nu tog in mig att ni har varit där i snö, regn och rusk, att ni har fått mig ett känna som att jag har ett andra hemma. Att Canada denna spelpol växer. De senaste åren har varit anmärkningsvärt. Det har varit underbart att en del av det. Jag kan inte vänta tills resten av världen ser hur mycket talang som finns i det här landet. Efter 100 matcher är jag glad att tacka dem att vårt spelpol tillsatt påväg med. Thank you Canada.